You are first in our heart, first in our lives. For adore you. We're so thankful. We're so thankful. Anybody in here that was really messed up and their life was wrecked and Jesus saved you? Anybody in here, you just said, this is it, I've, I've messed it up, I'm done, I did everything I could do, and I've totally ruined this thing, and I don't have a hope, Jesus, but would you help me? And suddenly your life went, that <laughs> was me, that <laughs> was me. I screwed it up just about as bad as you can. <laughs> but thanks be to God. You know what I love about him? He never gives up on you, <clears throat> never gets tired of you. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? So, hallelujah. Father, I ask you to share what's in your heart today. I ask you to give every word, Father, because you know I can't. Hallelujah. And we believe you for it. In Jesus' name. You know, Brian asked me to talk about who is the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I love the Holy Ghost. I love him. He's like my best friend. That sounds weird to some people. But you know, before I understood, I just, I knew that God was in my life. I knew that we communicated. We had a relationship and we were, we were friends. He helped me. He was my father. But I didn't know the person of the Holy Spirit. And I read a book that helped me understand that he really is Jesus in spirit form. He is the spirit. He's called, the Bible calls him the spirit of Jesus Christ. So the idea is this. Remember, before Jesus died, if you wanted to go hear from God, you had to go find Jesus, didn't you? Yep. If he was in Capernaum, you had to go find him. In the Old Testament, you had to go find a prophet, right? Because God didn't just talk to everybody, right? There's scriptural proof. Josiah and his staff had to go find hold of the prophetess. That seems strange, doesn't it? Why couldn't the high priest hear? Because in the Old Testament, they didn't have what we have today. Jesus purchased for us not just our forgiveness, not just a new born-again spirit so we could commune with God. By the way, if you're born again, he says your spirit is righteous. And you might look down and go, well, I don't feel so righteous. I, I had a thought that wasn't righteous. Well, he's not talking about your flesh. He's not talking about your soulish realm, which is your mind, will, and emotions. He's talking about the real you, the born-again you. Think about what he said. Unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That implies if, he, if a man is born again, he can see or understand or perceive God. Why would that be? Because God, the Bible says, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit. So you must be born again. Or you can't really commune with the Father. Now, Jesus said this thing to his disciples in the book of John. He said, he talked about the Holy Spirit. He said he was going to give them another comforter. Someone to be with them. Someone never leave them. Someone who would lead and guide them into all truth. In other words, a mentor, a coach. And he said he is with you. He's speaking in, in code. He is with you. Talking about himself. He's with you, but he will be in you. What he purchased, I really believe, we've preached the gospel and we've said to people, you know, if you believe in Jesus, you know, and if you say the sinner's prayer, you'll be forgiven of your sins and go to heaven when you die. That's awesome and true. But it's a fraction of what Jesus died for us to have. A fraction. He didn't just forgive you of your sins. He recreated you on the inside in his own image. 
wait a minute, now I could talk an hour about that. Because that means if you can focus on who you are on the inside instead of who you are on the outside, and, and by outside I mean the mistakes you make, the things you say wrong, attitudes that you're working on correcting, habits you're trying to get broken, right? If, if that's your focus, God wants you to begin to say, okay, yeah, I, I want to change that. I do want to live holy. I want to repent. I have a problem, right? What did Paul say? The thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing I don't want to do, I do help, right? Romans 7. What, what's he describing? He's talking about in, in us, it's like he said, there's two of me, right? There's this one that wants to do right. He's talking about his born again spirit. And in you, if you're born again, there is this person looks a whole lot like Jesus. And when you can shift your identity off of all your issues and habits and problems, now God wants to heal those, and he will. God will deliver us. God, it's God that helps us be holy. You can't be holy for him. It ain't possible. Can I say ain't? But what is possible is as you fellowship with him, his holiness is an outworking. It works out through you. But how do you fellowship with him? Through your born-again spirit. So if you can shift your identity to who you are on the outside and all your faults and all the things you did wrong yesterday to who he has made you, that's faith in what he has done. But wait, there's more. Now he said, now boys, in the book of John, he said, boys, he is with you. His name is Jesus. He's walking among you. But he's talking about the Holy Spirit. But he will be in you. He said, if I don't go, the comforter can't come. Hmm. So he ascends to the Father and releases. This is the great mystery from the foundation of the world. It's called Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. What is that? That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He's amazing. So he's not only given you inside of yourself, if and only if you're born again. If you're not born again, if you're not born again you need to be. We love you, but you really need to be to have real communion with your Father who created you. How can you know your purpose if you don't know your Father who created you with your purpose in mind? Your purpose is like your fingerprint. Nobody else has it, right? So the plan of God was to recreate you on the inside so that he could call you holy, see you as holy, love you as though you're holy because the inside of you, the boarding in part of you, was created in his righteousness. Somebody's going, prove it. Okay. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness. Not just have it, not just the robe. We might become the righteousness of God. How does that work? By being born again, by being recreated. Does that mean you're perfect while well, you're outside? If you're anything like me, your outside might still have, you know, ooh. <laughs> but the good news is God loves you. Here's a great scripture for you in Hebrews. He has forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Come on. So while you're working out your stuff and worrying about your issues, he's, seeing, he's loving you and seeing you as perfect, and he knows about your flesh. He gets it, you know, right? So, but more than that, because we need the help of God to become holy or walk right or be delivered, right? Have you ever had a habit and you've tried to shake it? I know none of you ever did. 
and you've tried and tried and you've repented and repented and you go every day, Lord, help me, I'm trying. And you, you're, you're trying and failing and trying and failing and trying and failing. Listen, there's something called the throne of grace. The throne of grace is his ability to help you do what you cannot do. And you go and you say, listen, I don't even have the ability to free myself, but I believe you do, and that your heart is for me, and that you're going to help me, and God will free you. If it takes a day, if it takes a year. You say, aren't you talking about the Holy Ghost? Yeah, I kind of am. I'm just having a little tangent. So he said, now, apart from making you born again or re regenerating your spirit, by the way, the Bible says it's the Holy Spirit that causes the regeneration. Yeah. He also gave you his own spirit, which means he, we could almost imagine this, that he became spirit form. Jesus Christ became spirit form and indwells the believer. So you have Jesus Christ on the inside. You ever hear somebody pray the prayer, oh, Jesus, come live inside of me, be Lord of my life? How would he do that? In spirit form. He, what did he say? He is with you. He will be in you. You know, the Bible calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And sometimes when we hear about the Trinity, you know, that's, that can be a little confusing. You know, it's like we see them as three people, but they're kind of one, and we might see that as they're alike. But the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Now think about it this way. What some, when some people try to describe it, because it's a hard concept, right? They describe water that becomes ice, that becomes water, that gets evaporated and becomes rain. It's, it's all water, but it takes different forms. Well, if you think about the scriptures, God takes all these different forms, and one of them is the form of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the power of the Most High in the Bible. So this is so interesting to me. Jesus is called the Word made flesh, right? When he was speaking to his disciples, he said, to Philip, he said, if you've been so with me, so long with me, Philip, and you haven't known me, he who has seen me has seen the Father. Isn't that interesting? Now, yesterday we were in worship. Now, I've quoted that scripture many times, and because, you know, he who has seen me has seen the Father, he was talking about, I'm showing you the example of the Father. But more than that, when we were in worship, I saw something new. I saw the Father speaking through Jesus to Philip, have you been with me so long, Philip, and you haven't known me? The Father and Jesus were one. Now think about this for a minute. The angel comes to Mary, the, the virgin. They think she was maybe 15 years old. And this angel comes to her and he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. So the Holy Spirit is the power of the highest. Many theologians believe that when God spoke, let there be, it was the Holy Spirit that actually did the creation. And we, we can see that in Psalm 104. I'm just going to read this to you. It talks about, in the sea, great and wide, it teems with creatures innumerable, living things, both small and great. And, if you, and it describes God giving them their food and all the seasons. And in verse 30, it says, when you send forth your spirit, they are created. So think about the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. So wait a minute. A, he raised Christ from the dead? Jesus talked to his disciples. He said, the Father in me, he's doing the works. Well, wait a minute. How can the Father in you be doing the works when you said, our Father who art in heaven? Isn't it a bit 
it's a mind bender, isn't it? But what he was saying is the spirit of God in him was the, the power of the highest doing the works. They are one. They're one person. And they go, think about this for a minute. In the wilderness, the Holy Spirit became a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud to lead them, to guide them. He, another place, it says that that cloud covered them, two million people and all their flocks and herds, to protect them from storms. So it wasn't just a pillar they followed. There were times when he covered in a huge way. And wait, how does a cloud pr protect from storms? Wait, don't, don't clouds rain? So what I'm saying is, God is much more powerful than I think we have known. But the beauty of all this, let's go back to Mary for a minute. He said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. The power, the highest, will overshadow you. So I got to thinking, Jesus Christ, it says that he laid aside his glory. He laid aside his reputation to come and be born as a little baby in this earth, right? To die for our sins. So imagine the transaction. We can't really, because what, really, what do we know? But imagine he is laying aside his glory and he is going to enter this embryo and become a person. The Holy Ghost was overshadowing Mary. The Holy Ghost somehow was involved in that transaction. Think about it. Think about the power of the Spirit that lives in you. I believe that the Holy Spirit is the exact representation of the Father in spirit form and that God gave us this person and we've, I, I grew up with a girl who used to witness to me when I was not interested. Her family was really legalistic and they were all about the do's and don'ts and she would witness and kind of judge you while witnessing to you. And I came from a family where we didn't want anything to do with that, thank you. And so uh, I remember um, that just the legalism was, was so hard for me to understand. But, you know, the Father, when he comes upon you, you see life, not legalism. You see relationship, not law so much, right? And so the Father desires for us to have this living relationship. And he gave us the Spirit of God as a mentor. Now, did you ever hear anybody say, but the Holy Spirit is like a butterfly, you know? And they say that because he's, he's very gentle, right? And I was thinking, you know, I get that, but you could say there's a gentle breeze and I smell flowers and isn't that lovely, but did you ever see a hurricane? <laughs> the same wind, and that's his name, by the way, Ruach HaKodesh is the breath of God, the wind of God, right? Well, what I love is that when you're born again, he is very, very tender, very gracious, very patient. He is a person, not an it. My friend that was legalistic used to be afraid of the Holy Ghost because her church called it the Holy Ghost and she thought he was a ghost. And she was afraid of him because she didn't understand that the love of God is manifest in the Holy Spirit. And so when I began to learn that he was our mentor, I began to learn that there is a place in God where God has called us to sit at his feet. We sit at the feet of the word, and sometimes, I'll be honest, I read the word and I go, huh, what does that mean? You know, and there's strong intellectuals that may understand the word, but when you really want the revelation of it, because the word is so vast, there's levels of understanding, and when you're hanging out with the Holy Ghost, 
Sometimes you'll read it in a completely different light and see what you never saw before. That's the Holy Spirit. And so God, he developed this plan that I think is just amazing, and he kept it a mystery from the foundation of the world. And you know why? Because it says that if Satan would have understood this plan, he would not have crucified Jesus. Because it would have terrified him, because now instead of one Jesus, he's got to deal with millions. Because if people get saved, see, the only people who don't know this a lot of times are Christians. Satan knows it. Why do you think he's so nervous? Do you think he just attacks you because you're a Christian? No. Do you think he tries to deceive because you're, you're God's kid? No. He is terrified that you will come into the understanding of who you are and who he is in you. That's the mystery from the foundation of the world because if you get a hold of this mystery, Jesus Christ himself can manifest in you. Here's a scripture. If I hadn't read this in the Bible, I wouldn't have believed it was in the Bible. If I hadn't seen it in black and white, or excuse me, red and white in my version. Jesus said, whosoever believes in me, the works that I do will he do also. And greater works than these will he do. Are you kidding? What? Because I go to my father. Because if I don't go, the comforter can't come. Because when I go, I'm going to put him in you. He's me in you. And if you can understand it, get a revelation of it, and live in it, I will begin to manifest through you. And if you get this, it's over for Satan. Satan has no real power. Jesus stripped him of all power at the cross. He stripped him. He legally doesn't have power. So listen, if he had real power, he'd have killed you by now. You'd be dead, and so would I. He hates your guts, and he hates mine. So what does he have since Jesus stripped him? Let me just give you that scripture, Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Well, you have to learn some things to live that out. You have to know that that's you. We have to take the scripture and make it mine. You have to take those scriptures and not say, well, that's nice for everybody else. No. He's talking to you. This means he used to, years ago, he used to date a guy, and there would be a sign that said, no U-turn, and he'd do a U-turn. He'd say, it didn't say this means you. The scriptures are, this means you. If you get born again, if you are filled with the Spirit, and if you get a revelation of what that means, it is over for the enemy. And he is terrified by the fact that you might get that. So he spends every waking moment trying to deceive. What does he do? You're not worthy. Oh, Yeah. Well, devil, you're right. In the flesh, I sure am not. But I'll tell you what. I have discovered who I am. Oh, rats, what else can I get her on? Rats, what else can I do? He tries every kind of deception. Did you ever read the scripture that we're, we're to come into the holy of holies? And we say, oh, I'm, I'm not worthy. Yeah, but Jesus made you worthy if you're born again. You can come freely in day or night. He tore the veil forever. It's, don't ever say, oh, God, open the heavens. He did. It, they are open 24-7 to anyone who's a born-again believer. You can, the throne is never closed to you. You say, I don't, I don't care how much trouble you're in. I don't care how far you went. Listen, the prodigal son was, was pretty much the ultimate loser, failure, sinner, he took the inheritance and sent, basically spent it on, in today's language, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. He was the worst of the worst. He was covered in pig slime, filthy, stinking. And he goes home, and here's 
that story's in there for a reason. The father runs to meet him. He never says, where were you? What, you really? It took you this long to figure it? No. He never even asks where he was. He doesn't care that he smells. All he cares is my son came home. And let me just, we think that's for unsaved people. It's for saved people too. There's somebody in here, you might have walked away a little bit. Listen to me, you're always welcome in the Father's house. You're always welcome back home. I don't care how far you went. I don't care how many times you blew it. You're always welcome back home. God loves you, and he'll help you. And you say, but I screwed up too bad. The blood is more, don't underestimate the power of the blood. You're looking at the power of your sin. The power of the blood is far more effective. It's far stronger. God wants you back home. There's nothing. Sometimes people try to come back and then they feel their feelings say, oh, you know, there's something wrong between me and God. It's not true. It's not true. That's the deception of the enemy and your emotions, by the way, will lie to you. You tell your emotions, shut up, sit down. God loves me. The Bible says so. And the Bible is more true than my emotions. So God has given us this amazing person, which is really him in spirit form to live in you and mentor you and teach you. And so when I discovered this, I, I, I knew, I felt like I knew the Father and I felt like I knew Jesus, but I really, I didn't feel at that time like I understood the Holy Spirit. And so I started to very shyly and timidly say, Holy Spirit, would, would you teach me? Would you help me? And I would say things like, you know, I'd like to be able to hear your voice. How, how do I do that? And I'd like to be able to understand, I, I was like a little child, really, like a little kid, like a three-year-old kid, <clears throat> asking kind of stupid questions. But you know what I found is I've, if I would ask him an honest question with an honest heart, didn't matter how, many, how stupid it was or how many times I asked, he would find a way to get me that answer. It might be through a scripture. It might be through a little picture in my mind's eye. It might be a dream at night. But he would find a way. If we ask, he will answer. You know what Jesus said? He said, my sheep know my voice. If we don't know him yet, it's, it's open. It's, listen, the door is forever open. We are invited in. We don't have to go. And even if you don't, even if you say, yeah, I don't like that. I'm not doing that. I don't like that Holy Ghost stuff. That's too weird for me. You know what? If you're born again, he loves you. And he's going to love you all the days of your life. You'll just never get very far. You'll, how can you fulfill your calling unless you understand the heavenly things. Listen, your calling isn't earthly, it's heavenly. You cannot fulfill your calling by earthly means. It can't happen. You know why? The earth is a fallen state. And your flesh doesn't have the ability. You know where people get in trouble? They hear the calling of God and they try to fulfill it by natural means. They use their intellect and they fill it, find a program and they will try this and, you know, and they make the outline and then it fails and they go, I don't understand why I failed. God told me to do this. Well, he never intended for you to do it for him. You can't. He wants to do it through you, with you. He is your co-laborer. It's a relationship. If you have a business partner and you just go off without talking to them and you sign some contract and they're not in agreement, how's that going to work? There's going to be trouble, isn't there? But if you work with him, and it's okay, you might make a mistake. I make them all the time. But you know what? Even if I zig when I should have zagged, he will help me. He'll say, you know what, Holly? He's never not mad about it. He'll say, you know, you kind of did a little blunder here. Let's go back to this point. And he'll, he'll fix it. He'll fix it. And even if you, listen, even if you screwed up so bad 
that you're way off in left field, you know what? He'll meet you right where you are and put you right where you need to be. But you need to see the heavenly calling that you have. Doesn't matter if it's public or not private. Doesn't matter if it's uh, the children's ministry or to write a book. Doesn't matter if it's to minister to him alone when nobody sees. How can you fulfill your calling without the Holy Ghost? I don't think you can. The Holy Ghost is also called, in my, this is my opinion, you can take it or leave it, but I get to say my opinion because I get the microphone. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is called Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what, that is the mystery hidden from the foundation of the earth. And Satan is terrified that Christ will begin to manifest through you. But listen, he can't unless you understand a little bit about how to work with the Holy Spirit. He's the best friend you've got, whether you know it or not. And if you develop a relationship with you, he will always glorify Jesus Christ. Always bring the glory. Always, he's, I actually call him the spirit of worship. Sometimes I lead worship and we have these meetings and sometimes I'll sit at my little keyboard and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll, I'll say, Lord, I don't even know how to worship you right, but the spirit of worship, the Holy Ghost will help me and suddenly we'll be just like, oh man, the presence of God. Is it me? No, it's him. When, I'm, when I have to preach, you know, I got no ability to preach. Do you know that when I was young, I was so painfully shy, I could not look someone in the eye. I couldn't talk to people. And if you made me stand up in front of somebody, I would literally throw up from fear. So how in the world, why would God pick me? You know, it, was, it doesn't make sense. But what he did was he taught me something that makes you to do, able to do all things. What does it say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or another way to say it is God can do anything through me if I yield to him. But it's a learned thing through relationship. You learn it at home. You learn it in prayer. You build a relationship. But you want to get to a place. Listen, God wants to use you in your life. You're here for a reason. You're, you weren't an accident. There's somebody in here that you feel like you were an accident. So was I, you know, in my parents' idea. But I got news for you. I wasn't an accident. There's no such thing as an accident. I don't care if your parents didn't plan you. God did. And he created you with a purpose in mind. He said, I formed you in the womb. I knew you. I formed you in the womb. You were knit together for a reason. You know, one day I was reading the scriptures and I saw where Paul said, I've run my race. I finished my course. There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And I remember thinking, man, I want to be able to say that at the end of my life. But if you don't know what your course is, or if you don't know who you are or what you're here to do, I don't want to get to the end of my life and then step over and go, oh, well, I did all these great things for you, God, but you really wanted that. I don't want that. I want to find the exact position and be able to fulfill it. And there's only one way. And that's by fellowshipping with God by way of the scriptures and the Holy Spirit. And so the Father, he's created you. Think about your fingerprint. There's no one on earth that has your fingerprint. There's no one on earth that has your exact DNA. God is so brilliant. And there's some things that you can do that I can't do, that no one, no one sitting here can do, no one else in the world, because it's you. But the problem is, we need to learn how to let the Holy Spirit move through us. But before you can do that, there's a relationship that needs to develop. 
you know, at first it was very halting for me. I didn't understand him and I didn't know him, but, you know, I don't know anyone more gentle. I don't know anyone more forgiving. I don't know anyone more kind. You know, I, to this day, I mean, we have this relationship. We've known each other for years and I have all these teachings, but they didn't come from me. I don't know, I'm not that smart. But I would sit at his feet and I would say, how does this work? I would say, let me just give you, here's a tough example. You walk in faith, you think you're in faith, you pray for somebody, and maybe something happens you really didn't think would happen. I'm going to share this. My own dear sister, we were in faith, we thought she was in faith, and she passed away. Now, you know what we do? We say, well, you know, we don't really know what to say, so we just say, oh, maybe Jesus wanted her with him. But that doesn't fit the scriptures very well. And so I went to God, not rebelling, not questioning his goodness, but I want to understand, do you know that God actually likes that? He likes it when you say, now wait a minute, sir, respectfully. You've said this, but I'm seeing that. Doesn't that happen all the time? Don't you say, wait a minute, this is in the word, but I'm seeing this. God actually wants you to understand the way things work in the kingdom. He wants you to know. He will spend, listen, he will spend hours explaining to you. He'll help you. He'll take you through the scriptures and you say, oh, I see what I missed. And it's not to condemn you. It's not to make you feel bad. It's so that next time around you go, aha, I know what to do this time. See, God is trying to raise up a people like the people in the book of Acts. Did you know that in the scriptures it says that the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former? That means that in the last day, it's like at the wedding, they had the, the okay wine at first, but they saved the best wine for last. The wine represents the Holy Spirit, doesn't it, in the Bible? You may not know that. It does. The wine represents the Holy Spirit. He's called the new wine, right? So God has saved something for the last day for the remnant of the church, and it's really why I say remnant because it's whosoever will. He won't push a button and make everybody do it. Some people say, I don't want that. I don't like that. That stuff's weird. I'm not doing it. Okay, we love you, but you won't get to do it. Hallelujah. I will. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus is looking for a people who will learn what the disciples learned. Think about who they were. They were a mess going somewhere to happen. A tax collector who worked for the Romans, who were the ultimate bad guys, fisherman who every time he opened his mouth you know <laughs> rough and yet three and a half years later in the book of acts they're raising the dead right F philip got translated over 30 miles he's talking to the ethiopian unit baptizes him and poof he disappears and he was found at azotus which is over 30 miles away ding 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 that's how by the power of the spirit Wait, how did he get in the road, on that road in the first place? Because the Spirit told him, go down this road. He was trying to connect him. See, we need a relationship. God's trying to raise up a church that will walk as they walked. And you say, I don't believe in that stuff. Okay, God bless you. He still loves you, and I'll still see you in heaven. You just won't get to do some cool stuff. And I'll tell you what else. You want to walk in victory? You want to destroy the works of the enemy in your life? Jesus has already done it. But for you to manifest it, there's some things you need to know. Our issue is knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. It's because we haven't understood the way things work in heaven. And we've tried to make it work in the earth. It can't. You see? Jesus Christ loves you. And he died to give you a new you 
because the old you, like my, the old me, was maybe a little messed up. Did you know because of the fall, we don't even understand spiritual things because one of the things that happened to Adam was he lost his ability to commune with God properly and to perceive spiritual things. And it says that through that one man's sin, death passed upon all men. In other words, that, that darkness, right? It says the foundations of the earth are out of course, and they are. That's why everything's so messed up. And so here we are, we say, I believe you, Jesus, and we try to be good and do good and follow the rules, and we screw up and we don't understand. It's because God wants to help us understand the heavenly way to do Christianity, which is him in you, doing it through you by relationship. Hallelujah. I just love you. I, I, I believe that there's some really good hearts in here. And Father, I just pray for my brothers and sisters. Father, I don't know if I've been able to make it clear, but I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will make it clear in some way to each person that's hungry. I pray that if, if it means a dream or a, or a vision or you speak to them or scriptures come alive, I pray for that. You are also called the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's one of your names, at least in my life. And in the word of God, the spirit of wisdom and revelation is what gives you understanding. Gives you understanding of heavenly things. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to release understanding, wisdom, and revelation upon your, your beloved, beloved, beloved kids. And I pray that they will develop strong, wholesome relationships with you until they know you are the best friend they've got here on the earth. That, that you become their most valued treasure, their most beloved friend, and their mentor and their coach. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Okay, love you guys. Thanks for letting me come.